1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Listen Up. We can talk about last night's
2: game. We've got the uh, Kings on the practice floor with the other NBA teams. As media days are in the book, we have got the Bengals and the Dolphins coming up on Thursday night football. So we've got that a couple of days. And, of course, your phone calls right here. All you have to do is hit that hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Well, I told you the Giants are not very good. I told you the offensive line is pathetic, and you saw that on full display last night. It's just amazing to me how year after year after year, whether it's the old regime or the new regime, and uh, they still have those big issues on the offensive line. And Evan Neal, who the Kings spent one of their first-round picks on at number seven, all right, number seven in the NFL draft, couldn't block his shadow, When it comes to pass blocking, run blocking, he's very good.
3: Uh, Pass blocking is embarrassing. The guy has no balance. Uh, It's terrible. All right. Absolutely terrible. Pathetic. Uh, The Giants, they don't have a pass rush. Uh,
2: As I said, they're not very good. You know, I've been saying that from uh, day one. I still don't think they're going to win six games this year. I I would not pick them to win uh, six games this year. They're just not very good. Dallas, on the other hand, listen, they're not very good either, but they're better than the Giants. And they have a defense that can rush the passer. You saw that last night. And, you know, Cooper Rush played pretty well. You know, but the Cowboys don't, you know, knock your socks off. If Philadelphia does not win that division, there should be an investigation, all right? The, The difference between the Eagles and the other three teams in that division uh, are pretty darn significant, all right? There's a big difference there. So if you want to talk about that game last night, uh, we can do so. Don't forget that coming up on Monday, uh, I will uh, debut my new show on YouTube. Sean Salisbury will be with me twice weekly. Jerry Reynolds will be with me once a week. Uh, Ryan and Sacktown and I will be doing segments. Looking forward to having him on. We're going to have a lot of fun. That is YouTube Live, and that is coming your way on Monday at three o'clock Pacific. All right, three o'clock Pacific. We get it rolling on YouTube Live. Uh, I did my rant today on the Kings. It's uh, time to stop talking and start doing. All right, uh, talk is very cheap. I understand it's Media Day. I understand you got to say the right things. I understand that nobody comes out on Media Day and says our team sucks and you know we'll be lucky to win twenty games this year. I get that.
3: All right. I understand that, but it is time, absolutely time to let the play on the court
2: do the talking for you. And it starts with De'Aaron Fox. All right. It starts with De'Aaron Fox. He was awful last year for the most part. Uh, he was unprofessional last year. Uh, his actions, his body language, his,
3: uh, press conferences were awful. All right. And that's the guy that the Kings, you know, Packed up the Brinks truck for. And so it starts with him. It starts with him. He wants to be the guy. He's the point guard. You know, the Kings have done everything
2: to appease him. They went out and got Malik Monk. They got his buddy from college. No more
3: excuses. All right? No more excuses. And, you know, with him, free throw shooting, three-point shooting,
2: and staying healthy. I know guys don't get hurt on purpose. But... You know, it's time to stay on the court. Time to be on the court for your teammates. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I still don't see the Kings making the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good. I still think that they're going to be, if if all goes well, I still have them in the
3: low 30s uh, in the Western Conference. But, again, you know, it's time to get the job done. And I also talked about Monty McNair.
2: There's no reason to give him a contract extension. He doesn't deserve a contract extension. Uh, He may deserve a contract extension in a couple of months, but right now, no. There's, you know, under his watch, the Kings have won 31 and 30 games respectively. And you can say, well, gee, he inherited a bad situation. Yeah, I would agree with that, but it's a bottom line business. And as I said on my rant today, you don't have to give him an extension. This isn't, you know, a feel good business. This is a bottom line business. This is a business on productivity, professional sports. Okay. When you produce, you get paid. When you don't produce, you don't get paid. And has he done some very good things? Yes, he has. But as I said on my rant, it's not like he got other NBA teams
3: that are calling up Sacramento asking for permission to talk to Monty McNair. Okay. Just not. So, to me, Monty McNair is where you should be. And if come the all-star break,
2: this team has made big strides, then at that point you do it. Another Monty, Monty
3: Williams. DeAndre Ayton, if you can believe this, okay, said at media day that he has not spoken with his coach since being benched during a game seven loss to Dallas in May.
2: Pretty amazing considering he signed a four-year, $133 million offer sheet, all right? After practice today, quote, it wasn't after me today, it was after practice,
3: quote, I haven't spoken to him at all ever since the game. I can show him better than I can tell him. It's life. Nobody
2: cares about the uncomfortable nature of it. It's how you perform
3: and what you bring to the table. What's said is already said. Well, pretty much what I just said. Show me, don't tell me, all right? Pretty interesting. Williams had said he decided to leave him alone this summer. Quote, I think one-on-ones
2: are always needed between guys that have been around for a while. Some guys need it, some guys don't. I'll identify that as the season progresses. I'll talk
3: to everybody, as I always do during camp, and it won't be an issue at all. There we go. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Suns are going to be good again this year.
2: They're going to be good. All right, if you want to get on the show, hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. We're getting ready for uh, week four of the NFL season which gets underway Thursday in Cincinnati. If you're the Bengals, you cannot ask for a better situation if you have to play Miami than playing them this week, uh, especially with the game that the Dolphins just had in the brutal heat. I don't think they're going to be ready to go on Thursday. I think you're going to get – if you're the Bengals, to me, you could not set the table any better than this. Uh, other games, we start with the early game in London. I hate the games in London. Minnesota at New Orleans. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. You have Cleveland at Atlanta. Or how about the car accident that Miles Garrett was in?
3: Dallas hosts Washington. Seattle is at Detroit. The Titans travel to Indianapolis. Chicago's at the Giants. Jacksonville is in Philadelphia. The Jets take on the Steelers. Buffalo is at Baltimore. Houston hosts the Chargers. Cardinals are at the Panthers. New England travels to Green Bay. Raiders look for their first win at home against Denver. Kansas City is at Tampa. And your Monday night game has the Rams and the 49ers. So there you have it. Week four. And it gets underway coming up on Thursday with Miami and
2: Cincinnati. So we got a lot to talk about. We got the NFL. NBA is starting up.
3: College football. Anything else that's on your mind, uh, we will do it right here. Speaking of college football, you know, it's pretty
2: much the same story as last year at the moment. And that is, is anybody going
3: to beat the Georgia Bulldogs? All right. They look very good. Now, you can talk about their schedule and everything else, but they look good. They look very good. And when you look at games coming up this weekend,
2: you know, I don't know if many people thought Kentucky at Ole Miss would be a big game this year, but it is. Kentucky is seventh ranked in the country, and they're at 14th ranked Ole Miss. So, that's going to be a big test for the Kentucky Wildcats being
3: on the road. You have uh, number two, Alabama. At number 20, Arkansas. Uh, Baylor, 16th ranked, hosting number nine, Oklahoma State. Another top 25 game, Wake
2: Forest at Florida State, 22 against 23. Uh, Those are some of your highlighted games coming up Saturday. Uh, You've got NC State. They are 10th ranked. They are at number five, Clemson. So that's a big game. Two top 10 teams. We're going to find out if North Carolina State is for real on the road uh, at Clemson. So that's your college football schedule. It's your turn now. I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will put you right
3: on here on the platform today. All right. Right here. Uh, Hockey. I forgot to mention that. Yes, indeed. Hockey is starting up. They've already got preseason games going on.
2: So I might as well put in some hockey in there as well. Right? Can you believe it? I love, I love the end of September when everything starts up. Absolutely love it.
3: It's great. I'm, I'm a bigger hockey fan, even though I don't get into it as much in the first month or two. Yeah, you know, to me, it's football season.
2: It's the same thing in the uh, NFL. You know, I'm watching NFL around the clock. college football. Basketball to me can wait. Hockey can wait. And then, oh yeah, we've got baseball. I will mention that last because we got the playoffs that are starting in a couple of weeks. Uh, Aaron Judge is still looking for number 61. All right. And that game has just started again in the Bronx. They're in the top of the first with the Yankees and the Jays. And again, Aaron Judge still stuck at
3: number 60. You know, and when you look at Major League Baseball and you look at the races, of course, we're talking about wild card. We're talking about who's going to be matched up with whom. Is anybody going to beat the Houston Astros
2: in the American League? And I I think the answer to that question is no. Nobody's going to beat the Astros in the American League. And it would be great to see Dusty win a World Series as a skipper. Yanks, AL East champs, Guardians, Central League they're in the central division champs. Astros, AL West champs,
3: Mets and Braves going down on the wire, separated by one game. Cardinals are going to win the central. The Dodgers, how about that? 21 win,
2: or excuse me, 21 game lead over the Padres with 106 wins. That's pretty damn impressive.
3: Won't be impressive if they don't win the World Series. All right. So here in the American League, Toronto, Tampa, Seattle fighting for the wildcard spots. Toronto looks pretty good right now. Tampa and Seattle, even in the loss column with 69 defeats.
2: National League, Atlanta is in San
3: Diego, Philadelphia, Milwaukee are battling it out. Padres with 68 losses. Phils with 69. Milwaukee with 71. Only one of those can get in to join the Atlanta Braves. Will it be the Padres? Will it be the Phils? So there we're at in uh, Major League
2: Baseball. So we got a little bit of everything going on. I haven't even mentioned golf. Not going to do that. All right. All right. Let's get to uh, some phone calls. And why don't we start off right here with uh, Connor on Listen Up. Connor, how are you today? Good to talk to you.
4: Doing great, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. I just wanted to start the show by saying thanks to you and Ryan yesterday for the kind words. And I'm going to try to work on my enthusiasm as we get going here.
2: Yeah. You know what? It's already better. It's not enthusiasm. It's just energy. It's your energy. It's just like speaking louder and you're doing it right now. So you're all good. You already fixed it. Everything's great to go. Uh, But anyway, thanks very much. And, you know, we meant it. your calls have been very good. The information that you have is very good. So appreciate you.
4: Thanks a lot. I wanted to talk about the Giants game yesterday. Just both sides of the ball, the offensive and defensive line were an absolute joke. Nobody could block the Cowboys got the Daniel Jones about every play. And I'm tired of Wink Martindale. He blitzes almost every play. I don't think they laid a finger on Cooper Rush the entire night.
3: It's terrible.
2: It's absolutely awful. I'm with you. They didn't. They did not come down one time. And you can see the defense without Leonard Williams. They have no ability to stop anything in between the tackles. I mean, Pollard specifically was able to run right through the middle of the Giants defense without Leonard Williams uh, in there. The Giants' defense was terrible. No pass rush. And the offensive line is absolutely awful. And I I will say this, okay? I understand they've had some injuries in the interior of their offensive line. So I'm okay with that because that's part of football. But Evan Neal, are you kidding me? I mean, Evan Neal's pass blocking looks to me like Eric Flowers reincarnated again. I, I, I cannot believe how bad Evan Neal, the seventh overall pick from Alabama, isn't pass blocking. He couldn't pass block his shadow. I mean, it was embarrassing last night. Absolutely embarrassing.
4: Yeah. I wanted to say something about that because I know he's been playing terrible and there's no excuses, but I mean, look at Andrew Thomas's rookie season. He was terrible from yep. his first year. Now he's the best player on the team.
2: Great point. That's a very good point. And it's a point well taken. I'm always going to give an offensive lineman, more than you know, three games to evaluate him. But I look at technique, and Evan Neal's technique, he has very poor balance in his pass blocking, and I'm worried about that, uh, obviously. But you're right. You make a very good point uh, about Thomas at the left tackle.
4: Yeah, and then the wide receivers, Kenny got uh, They don't have any. Oh, I don't know what to uh. say anymore. I mean, he cries about not playing enough, and then he gets a perfect pass and just drops it on third down. I mean, I don't know. He
2: is just, he's pathetic. You know, he cleared out his locker last week. All right. Cleared out his locker after the Carolina game on Sunday. Cleared out his locker. Where the hell is he going? He has a contract that makes it impossible to cut him uh, because of the hard cap hit. The guy's unproductive. No wonder he's not on the field. You know, no wonder why Brian Dayball doesn't have him taking snaps. Because the guy's worthless. He's pathetic. And again, you know, a perfectly thrown ball in a crucial situation last night. Boom. Drops it. Uh, His body language is terrible. Uh, He's not productive. He's terrible. And now you lose Sterling Shepard. His career is probably over. So now you're down another receiver. You uh, you know, Slayton has absolutely no confidence from the Giants coaching staff. You know, I thought he was coming on and now he can't even get on the field. I don't know what the Giants are going to do, but Daniel Jones, who we're trying to evaluate this year to see whether or not he's worthy of a contract, is doing everything in his power for the team but he has no pass protection and he has no one to throw to. So how can you adequately evaluate
3: Daniel Jones, Connor? I mean, you could
4: put prime Joe Montana in that (laughs) offense and he wouldn't thrive. That's
3: very true.
2: (laughs) It seems
4: like Daniel Jones and Saquon were the only two people that actually cared and performed well. That's how it's been. Yep. Terrible. Terrible.
2: And here's the other deal about Saquon. The Giants love to get him the ball out of the backfield. But did you notice how often he had to stay in to chip block and help out Evan Neal and the other offensive linemen? So the Giants were doing everything in their power. Okay, when Micah Parsons was in the game and lined up over Neal, Barkley could not go out and catch balls out of the backfield because he was being used as a blocker. To try to protect Daniel Jones. That that's how pathetic the Giants offensive line is where it takes any any <laughs> play action doesn't work against the Giants. You can't play action because you need your off, you need your running backs in there
3: to block. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Man, yeah,
4: who would have thought that Richie James and David Sills were going to be like involved so much. Like where's Tony? Where's Wandale Robinson? Been?
2: Well, and tony's a mental case uh you know he he's got a hamstring issue, but he's he he does not he, he's just he's not in the football like he needs to be I mean I've heard that from my friends that work with the Giants. Football's not the most important thing to him, and it shows uh, he's a different cat he's very moody uh he's talented yes, but you know, everyone in the NFL is talented. I need the whole package. He doesn't have even half the package, so I'm, I'm, I'm down on Tony as well as I've talked about. But you know, the Giants, in my opinion, they're not going to beat the Bears this week. Uh, they're not going to win six games this year. I've been saying that they're not very good. They'll be lucky to win six games this year, or they won't. I don't see it happening.
4: They better beat the Bears because Justin Fields looks atrocious.
2: Well, you know, again. He may look atrocious, but where? how are the Giants going to get to him, a mobile quarterback? How are they going to, you know, force him into anything? I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I really don't.
3: Yeah,
4: and then one more thing, the Shepard injury sucked. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it was a total non-contact injury? And we've seen this plenty of times before at MetLife. Do you think it has anything to do with the grass or the turf? I
3: think
2: it's bad. I know what. Well, You know, I know Odell Beckham uh, came out and blamed it on the turf. And I mean, it's pretty sad when a guy's just running straight ahead, wasn't even running that hard and blows out his knee. So there may be some truth to that, but uh, it's 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 pretty damn bad. Yes, it is. Pretty damn bad. Connor. Good way to start us off, man. Thanks very much. Great call.
3: See you. All right. Good stuff right there. Good energy. Good energy as well from Connor. Love it.
2: Absolutely love it. All right. Let's see if we can hear from Jeff today. Jeff, how are you?
5: Good, Grant. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, buddy. You coming in loud and clear?
5: Good. Hey, I wanted to ask the question. Why isn't Aaron Judge being intentionally walked like Barry Bonds was?
3: Because there's nobody around him that can hit.
2: Why would you? I mean, he leads off. First of all, you're not gonna you're not gonna walk the leadoff man. That you don't ever do. He's basically leading off. But right. other than that. He's been walked if there's an open base, but if there's an, not an open base uh, or there's nobody on, why walk him? You know, again, nobody else in that lineup can hit, so why would you walk him?
5: Well, the Giants didn't have nobody else other that can hit when Bonds was there, and my point is Bonds got walked sometimes with the bases loaded, and yeah, I know you're down on the steroid thing and with and everything with the seventy-two home runs, but he was he was walked. I think he's walked about. Three times, tw- two times as much, or three times as much as Aaron Judge, and Judge has the sixty home runs. And I just think that takes a lot into account with the the intentional walks.
2: Maybe uh, you know. Also, there's not you know the Yankees have already wrapped everything up, so the games are meaningless. So you know, I, I know if you're an opponent like Toronto, the game's not meaningless. But a lot of their opponents, like the Red Sox, you know, they're meaningless games. Why why walk a, a person? in a meaningless game. So that's part of it as well. I don't know. I haven't really thought into it that much. Why not intentionally walk him? But I don't, I've never been a fan of intentionally walking somebody with uh, the bases empty. Now, I have seen them pitch carefully to him. I have seen them basically give Judge intentional walks without giving him the four fingers and having him run the first. I mean, there have been many at-bats, Jeff, where there hasn't been anything close to being hittable. So to me, that's almost the same as an intentional walk. Same thing happened to Ponds. All right, you're right. Yep.
5: Okay. All right, Grant. Good show. Take. I right, look forward. Look forward to month Look forward to Monday. And you need and catch up to your uh, old buddy Krug. He's got thousand subscribers now. Look forward to you getting at least ten thousand subscribers more.
2: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your support. Have a good one. Be good.
1: This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around... Additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. slash grant.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Yeah, I'm not worried about the subscribers. The subscribers will climb up. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm very confident that that number uh, will grow significantly uh, in the next couple of months. Everything's a process. All right. It took me a while to get 100 subscribers. Then it took me a while to get 1,000. And then it took me a while to get 2,000 and 3,000. And now I'm over 4,000 on YouTube. Everything's a process. Okay. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. So I'm not expecting this to happen overnight. Everything is a process. You know, each and every month I make straight uh, strides. Each and every month I have more downloads. So I'm all I'm all good with the direction of everything. But I also believe that it everything's better live this show the show on youtube will be live and whereas my
3: podcasts are different you know they're not live and I, i'm i'm moving into more
2: of live programming and less of recorded programming
3: that's where i'm heading okay uh, live to me i love doing live Live is spontaneity. Live is what I think a lot of people want. And the
2: great thing is, in the way we are now, technologically speaking, you don't have to watch the show live. You can go back and watch it anytime you want. So that's a plus uh, as well. All right. Also joining me on uh, my shows will be Ryan. Looking forward to that. And he joins me right here on Listen App. Hey, Ryan.
6: Grant, what's going on?
2: How are you, buddy? I'm
6: doing well. Thank you. Hope you're doing well as well. That was a lot of wells. Okay. I'll uh, take those out of the play. But hey, uh, Connor, uh, keep calling. I I love your content. And Grant, I would say the energy was picked up a little bit today.
2: Yeah, it was good. I was very happy with him. That was a great call today. And so uh, his. He knows what he's talking about. I mean, that's for darn sure. He is uh, definitely very well-educated in the sports world. Uh, We've seen that with football. So I'm happy to have him on the app. It's great to have him.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the app and speaking of your podcast, I thought your 200th was one of the best you've done thus far.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, You're going to laugh when I tell you this. I was sitting on my couch and I got a... A tiny little square, one of those sticker piece of paper, you know, the real small squares that you can stick on your refrigerator. Yeah. And I grabbed yeah. one of those. And in about five minutes, I wrote down the names of some of my favorite guests. And I walked over to my roadcaster and I turned it on. I put my headset on and I just winged the whole damn thing. And I was done with the entire podcast in <laughs> 45 minutes. So <laughs> that's how I did that show. That's how I do my work. I really, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about my shows. I just love coming to, I love speaking what comes to mind. And if I think too much and I try to prepare too much, my show is not good. So I have to wing it. I have to sit down, turn the mic on, start talking, and those end up being my best shows. So that's exactly how I did that podcast. But I appreciate you saying that.
6: No, it was great. Um, I I tweeted that out. I said I thought it was probably one of the best that you've done. I mean, a lot of great memories. And then also, you know, people being able to go back and listen. And, you know, the names that you said that you've had on the show, Charles Barkley. We talk about Mike Breen, uh, many other broadcasters, Ian Eagle. But the things that you pulled just spontaneously that you pulled from those interviews. So we're talking about 200 interviews, Grant. And you were able to pull details just right on the spot about each of those. So um, I, I thought it was one of the best ones to date. And uh, thank you for doing that. And congratulations on two hundred. Think about that, two hundred.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. And uh, you know, the number of downloads uh, that I've had at my work, uh, I'm over two million downloads. And so I'm really, I'm. I never thought that everything would go as well as it has. And so thank you for your support and everyone else that's listening and everyone that, you know, checks out my podcast. I've enjoyed doing that, but I really want to branch off into more live programming. So that's where I'm heading. And I'm pretty excited about that.
6: Yeah, I think it's great, Grant, that you're branching off into that. And I'm happy to be a very small part of that. But where do you see the future of broadcasting going?
2: I think that uh, talk radio is going to become obsolete uh, by the end of this decade. I think that it will be uh, probably you will not get in the car and turn on your radio and listen to a you know live talk show. I believe that's going to be uh, by the board. I think how we watch sports on TV is going to be completely different. I think we're going to be paying for uh, our network sports. Uh, we do to a degree now, but I think we're really going to be paying for it. Right. Right. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be different in sports media, but I think those are the two things. But I think that, uh, for instance, I know you're a huge Jim Rome fan. You know, I don't think in 2030, assuming that Jim continues to work that you're going to be able to turn the radio on and hear Jim. If you do, he's going to be a select few. You may have Sirius XM because it's paid radio and you can pay for the content, but you know, I don't think you're going to go up and down the dial on your car radio and be able to listen to a variety of talk shows. Maybe the syndicated shows, maybe the national shows like Dan Patrick, like Jim Rome, maybe they'll still have a place, but those are going to be few and far between in my opinion
6: yeah I agree with you grant I, I I don't see a situation honestly where they're not going to cross over like some of the other people that are doing it online that's on demand look at what and I'm not saying they're not being paid a nice wage for what they're doing but the guys that are doing something live the guys that you know you can have it on demand they're being paid a lot of money. And so I don't see, and for the listener, think about this. I mean, you can just put it on whenever you want, whatever you want to listen to. Yep. And yep. L- let's be frank, yep. people that are in radio right now, they're not being paid that much money, not even close to that much money. So um, yeah, I- I'm no. with you 100%. Hey, um, I'm going to change. You know what, real quickly, oh, go
2: ahead. Real, real quickly. So just to give you an idea, uh, earlier today, this morning, uh, Tom Brenneman, who was fired for a homophobic slur when he said that over a hot mic during a Cincinnati Reds game, had me on his show today, okay? He has a full studio, all right? It was video, and I he has the show every day for two hours. He had uh, two others in studio with him, one as a producer, one kind of uh, – who talks every now and then, but it's Tom's show. Mm -hmm. And I was just blown away at how this studio looked. I mean, it was a professional looking studio and I, I I was blown away at it. And so, you know, even a guy like Tom Brenneman who obviously is extremely well-known was doing the NFL on Fox, the TV voice of the Reds. Now he's got his own show that's on and he had several sponsors. So, you know, he's making money by doing a show on the internet, in my own built a studio has a following has sponsors and so i think that's the wave of the future it's actually the present but i think that's where everything's going to be going in our in our profession i really do
6: yeah you hit the nail on the head it's the uh, present i mean once you get to a certain spot with youtube whether it's just regular youtube or youtube live you then get resources on top of you know monetization um, from them and they will give you and help you build out studios because it's helping them as much as it's helping you and obviously that's not why we do it but we do it because we love it but you you get more as you grow and that is going to be the source as you said that people are going to go to i mean skilled awesome radio announcers people That do shows that is the way it's going to move. And it's really interesting. And, you know, what will change the game is, you know, being able to have Internet in a car. I know some cars have Internet. um, Some do not. But that is going to completely change the game because then you're able to watch it if you're in an area that doesn't have great reception on your cell phone. But, um, okay, I'm going to transition really quick. This whole DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams thing. In your 32 years, can you think of a time that there was a coach and a star player did not talk for six months, did not talk, and they are now in practice and at media days, and they're saying we did not talk?
2: Uh, believe it or not, I've heard I've heard it more than you think uh, in the offseason. It's, it's not as foreign as you may think um, where a coach and a player who are – you know, as an upper echelon player, did not talk for an entire off season. I've heard that, yes, Rick Adelman uh, was like that. I mean, it wasn't necessarily super contentious, uh, but I used to hear stories that Rick would not talk to a player if they had a spat, you know, if they, Rick would not talk to the guy. I mean, and it would, they'd get to camp and they wouldn't talk. And so, believe it or not, it happens. Uh, but now it's, everything's publicized now. Everything, you know, airs their dirty laundry. So, you know, everything that's going on probably happened more than you would like to think. It really did. It probably has happened more than you think.
6: Well, that that's the exact point I was trying to make. I mean, I'm sure there's been times that that's gone on behind the scenes, and it, it doesn't yep. change what's going on publicly. But now that it's being public, how does that change the entire dynamic? I mean, why would you even release that? Because, you know, you said there's people and teams and players that did not communicate. During the off season, but now it's public. Like, why would you put that public?
2: Yeah, it's it's not good. You're not helping anyone by making that public because now the microscope has even gotten more. Is now becomes even more prevalent over your organization. And the first time, every single time that Monty Williams takes DeAndre Ayton out of the game, all the cameras are going to be following him onto the bench to see if he's shaking his head, if they have any words. You know, it's just a distraction you don't need. Now, you know, every practice. You know, Monty Williams is going to be asked, how are you getting along with DeAndre? Have you talked to DeAndre? You know, every game, have you talked to your coach yet? You know, it's just unnecessary. You're absolutely correct.
6: Grant, is this a buffer story to take the attention off what else is going with the Phoenix Suns?
2: No, I don't think so. Um, I really don't. Is it possible? Yes. I think the Robert Sarver news is on the back burner for a reason. He's not going to be involved with the team anymore. He's going to be selling it. So, I mean, what else are you going to add to that? I mean, that story is closed. Our news cycle switches very often. That news cycle has changed from Robert Sarver now on to the what's going to happen on the court with Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton. To me, the only mystery about Robert Sarver is who's going to buy the team. Other than that, Sarver's going to be out of the picture. So I think that story is going to die down somewhat. I really do. I thought what an interesting story was the story coming out of Baylor, with Brittany Griner's old coach saying that she was not going to comment at all on her being detained in Russia uh, to the media. I thought that was very interesting.
6: Well, why is Brittany Griner's old coach commenting on that right now?
2: <laughs> she wasn't commenting on it. She was asked a question at a press conference and it was a two part question. And she said, well, the second part I'm not going to answer, but I will answer the first part of your question. That's how she responded. She wasn't going to talk about it. She gotcha. was asked by a member of the media. Gotcha.
6: So, OK, I'm going to I'm going to I know it's not open forum Wednesday, but what is the worst or mo- most awkward question you have ever heard in a press conference game?
2: Oh, wow. Um, I have heard so many awkward, stupid questions that I would have hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, you can tell that there are so many reporters that cover sports now that have no idea what the hell they're watching. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about. And if it's asked after a loss, you know, you'll hear the individual embarrass the reporter. What's the stupidest question? Honestly, Ryan, I, I can't remember what's the stupidest because I've heard <laughs> so many. I mean, I really have. I've. You, and and I here's the it. other deal. There are a lot of reporters that don't know how to ask a question. Just ask the damn question. There are too many reporters that you know, have to set up the question. I got on Jason Jones for this once. I said, hey, dude, just ask the freaking question. would you?" It would take him like a whole minute to ask the question. And I said, just ask the question. Just ask the question. You don't have to spend a whole minute setting everything up. He knows. Just ask the damn question. There are too many reporters that don't know how to ask a question. Just ask the question. I mean, it's really that simple. Don't take a minute to ask the question. Just ask the damn thing. It blow- drives me crazy.
6: Well, is it as much about the reporter getting some run if they think they actually have a good question or just being long winded?
2: No, no. Being long winded is unnecessary. You don't need to be long winded. I mean, that's what made Larry King one of the great interviewers of all time. Larry could ask a very important uh, probing question in five or six words. Very few people can do that. I can't do that. But I don't go on and on and on when I interview someone either. So, you know, interviewing is an art. It's a gift. But when you're at a press conference, you're not really interviewing the individual. All you're doing is asking a question to get one specific answer. Just ask the question. Like if somebody didn't play in the third quarter and you want to know why, don't say, hey, you know what, coach? You know, the score was 70 to 64 and there were four minutes left in the third. And, you know, you had so-and-so on the floor and you didn't decide to put so-and-so in the game. You know, why is it that you didn't put so-and-so into the game? in that instance when the other team had just made a 10-0 run. Why why go that? Just say, hey, coach, in the third quarter, so-and-so didn't play. Why was that? You know, again, (laughs) ask the question that way.
6: Yeah, no, you're right, Grant. Um, I I think it's more about trying to find the right question because when I watch press conferences, it's always like probably half of the questions are being asked a different way, even though it's the exact same question. So – People are trying to kind of shape it, whatnot. But, hey, I'm going to hop off um, so everybody has time. I'm super excited about your new show on Monday. Uh, Can't wait to uh, get that cracking. Jeff, my apologies Uh for not including you in our standings. You are two and two. And uh, we will talk soon, my friend. Have a great day.
2: All right. Now, wait a minute. I want to add one other thing. Uh So the Tom Brenneman show, as you're talking, is debuted, debuted, September 1st on YouTube, and I think he's using what we're going to use. He's also being shown live on TikTok, Twitter, and I want to say one other medium. All right, here's the release. The show— Twitch, the, No, it wasn't Twitch. I looked it up. You can Google it. Google Tom Brenneman's new show. The show, which will hey. have a focus on the Cincinnati Bengals, the Ohio State University, and Cincinnati Reds, will also include insights from professional athletes and coaches— Including NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley and legendary sportscaster Bob Costas, Super Bowl winning coach Brian Billick will provide NFL commentary every Friday. Broadcast Hall of Famer Marty Brennaman, wow. NFL Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz, Bengals legend and broadcaster Chris Collinsworth, sports columnist Paul Daugherty, and Cincinnati Reds legend Tracy Jones will join the show as guests. So there you have it. He's going to be—he's do- doing the same thing we're going to be doing. I don't know if I'm going to get guests like that on, but we'll try.
6: Well, uh, going off your uh, 200, I think you've got some pretty good contacts, but that's very impressive, and that's the whole point. This is this is where it's moving, Grant, and I'm so excited that you're doing it.
2: Yep. Thanks, buddy. Have a great one. We'll All talk right, to buddy. you soon. All All right. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. All right, let's move along. Let's get to uh, some other phone calls right here on Listen app, and we say hello to Richie. Hello, Richie. Thanks for calling the program.
7: Hey, what's going on, Grant? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. So I'm in the truck right now, driving back to Vacaville. Um, popped on a little late, so I don't really know what you were uh, talking about at the beginning of the show. Um, but, man, what can I say about my Raiders? That we suck again. Again. 34 years I've been waiting for us to do something, and we just suck. There's no other way to put it. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm getting pissed off. Um... I kind of wanted to see what you thought, I mean, about I mean, coaching staff, about McDaniels. Uh, what, what do you see? What, what the hell's going on here?
2: Well, I've seen a team that can't close out games. You know, I thought the week two game was just absolutely inexcusable beyond belief. I understand losing to the Chargers in week one. they were a very good football team opening night uh, or opening afternoon. I get that. And, you know, it's not like they were blown out. They were in the game. Uh, they had a chance in the fourth quarter. They couldn't complete a drive. Okay, you know, you can, you can take that. The Cardinals game up 20 nothing, blowing that lead at home in your home opener in the fashion that they lost that game is unacceptable. And then really, you know, you were down early. You couldn't stop Henry. You had a Titans team that was on the ropes and you let them build up a big lead and you had to come from behind. And the problem is when you have to come from behind every week, you know, well, in week one and week three, you got to play perfect football. And, you know, they, they get down into the end zone and then they can't make a two-point conversion. You don't want to have to rely on making a two-point conversion with basically no time on a clock to either win or tie a game. It's not a good recipe for success. The issue that I see with this team right now is twofold. I'm not crazy about their offensive line play. And defensively, I'm, I really have not liked the way they've been tackling uh, their tackling has been terrible, and uh, I, I don't know. You know, here we go with division a game against Denver, and then you're at Kansas City the following week. So, you know, the schedule's not getting any easier. And I don't think they're climbing out of an 0 3 hole, Richie. I don't see this team being in the playoffs. I think 0 and 3 is too big of a hole to climb out of. And they got they're going to have to win 10 of their next 14 games, in my opinion, to make the playoffs. And I don't see them winning 10 games.
7: Nah, I tell you what. Yeah, we're going. I- I think we have that Broncos game, but we're definitely going, uh, um, yeah, just, just one win into the bye week, I think, and uh, man, I tell you what, I was a Broncos fan, though, on a Sunday night since the Chargers and the Chiefs lost, I can't believe the Chiefs lost, but um, that was maybe one of the only times in my whole life I uh, rooted for the Niners, <laughs>
2: Yep, I understand. You know, you want the teams in your division to lose. And, you know, the Chargers right now, they didn't only lose. They got uh, just absolutely destroyed by Jacksonville. So maybe the Chargers, maybe, I'm just saying maybe, maybe they're not as good, you know, as we thought. I mean, they were manhandled at home by Jacksonville. They were absolutely manhandled. And their schedule, you know, they should, they should be able to bounce back in the next couple of weeks. They're at Houston and they're at Cleveland But boy, oh boy, they lost thirty. What was it, thirty-eight to ten at home to Jacksonville? That was an awful loss. But again, they're at Houston this week. I can't imagine them losing to Houston.
7: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see that game, uh, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, you know what? Well, I'm going to keep watching every Sunday and uh, torturing myself. And uh, yeah, that's how pretty much life is going for me at the moment. But (laughs) all right, Grant.
2: I hear you. Be good, Richie. Thank you very much. Take care. You have a good one too. Let's get to. Jerry, uh, Jerry, my bad. I hit the wrong icon. Give me uh, that hand icon again, Jerry, and I'll put you right up uh, with me. There we go. All right, Jerry. Thanks for calling the show. How are you today, Jerry?
8: I'm doing good, Grant. How are you, sir?
2: I'm good, buddy. Thanks very much.
8: Hey, Grant. Uh, a couple of things. Um, you know what? We all know that the Raiders are 0 three, and Josh McDaniels says that this team needs to know. or are just trying to figure out how to uh, close out games. Grant, you know what? Uh, The Raiders won 10 games last year. Okay, made the postseason. All right. So could it be maybe it's the uh, coaching that the problem is?
2: Yep. Sure could be. You make a great point. They made the playoffs last year. They closed out games last year. Don't talk about how they need to learn how to close out games. They were closing out games before you arrived and now you're 0-3 and you haven't been able to close out games. So, yes, it could very well be coaching. You're 100 percent correct.
8: And Grant, what do you think the players think when they hear their coach saying that stuff?
2: I don't think it's good. Uh, You know, a new coaching regime, they had uh, an extremely popular coach last year that was interim, and they decided uh, not to sign him, and he left to go to another organization. I think, what was it? Is it the Bears, the Bills? Maybe the Bills. I can't remember, but he's gone. And so, you know, be careful what you ask for. You know, everyone to the Raiders loved playing for uh, Visalia, and I think I pronounced his name right. And they loved playing for him. They loved it. And Mark Davis decided not to retain him. Sometimes you have a coach that comes up from the ranks and everyone buys in to what he's selling. You know, maybe that's the guy for your, for your team. Maybe you go out and hire a big-name coach. Maybe that's not the best way to go. You already had a coach that the players were responding to that love playing for, and you make a switch, why do you make a change? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, is what I've always said.
8: And Grant, what do you think? Uh, so there has been offensive coordinators that have done really well, but when it comes time for the head coaching, they have no clue what they're doing.
2: I, 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 again, I'm not ready to make that statement on Josh McDaniels after three games. I know he failed miserably in Denver, but I, I'm, I'm not going to go there just yet.
8: And Grant, one more thing. Uh, you said that you see the Kings not making the postseason again this year in the low 30s. Correct. Now you know what. You know what. Uh, how do you think that the Lakers are going to do? You know, granted, we all know that they have LeBron James, Anthony Davis that plays ten games per per season. Uh, you know what? I don't see that team either making the playoffs either. I mean, uh, uh, besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who else do they have? They have nobody. They have no bench.
2: Well. They have two of the best five players in the world uh, if they're on the floor. So I'll just start there. And, again, if if those two can play 65 games this year, they're going to be in the playoffs.
8: And, Grant, let me tell you this. Uh With the Kings, you know what? I have to disagree with you. You know what? I think the Kings are going to be a lot better than uh, than the low 30 win when, when total they won 31 games last year with the team they had and that team sucked major. All right. They've improved big time. They have shooting out there. They have support for Fox. Uh, I mean, I see this team, you know what, Grant, you know, I'm going to go off on a limb and say that they're going to be in in the top 10.
2: Okay. Well, the top 10 is not anything to get excited about. To me, you got to be in the top eight being 10th like San Antonio was last year with 34 wins isn't anything to get excited about. All right. So to me, if you're a Pelicans fan, you get excited because they were ninth, they won the play in tournament and they got in as the eighth team and you saw what happened once they got in. So, you know, to me, that should be the goal. That to me should be the goal.
8: Uh, You know what? I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, just like I told you last time. And uh, you know what? Seen any kind of playoff spots, any kind of postseason play, dude. I will take that in a heartbeat.
2: Well, when you look at the West, okay, here are the teams in the West that I could see sliding out of the top 10. All right. San Antonio is not going to be, is not in. So let's cancel them. All right. I think the Jazz are going to fall significantly, maybe towards the bottom. So let's move them at either nine or 10. Here are the teams that I can almost with certainty tell you the Kings are not better than. They're not better than Phoenix. They're not better than Golden State. They're not better than Memphis. They're not better than Dallas. They're not better than Denver. They're not better than the Timberwolves. They're not better than the Clippers. All right. I'm going to leave the Pelicans out there as a team that they can battle with. Okay. Uh, Portland is a team they can battle with that did not make the playoffs last year. But of the 10 teams that made the playoffs last year, and when I mean playoffs, that we're including the play in, other than the San Antonio Spurs, Who are the Kings better than? Let's just remove the Jazz from the top 10. I'm going to put the Lakers back in. So that means there are nine teams that I see better than the Kings. So I don't see how they're going to do it. I really don't. And I can't predict injuries, so we're doing this off injuries. But the top eight teams that finished in the standings last year from one through eight, Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Utah, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans. Personally, I don't think the Kings are better than any of those teams, other than perhaps Utah, because I still think they're going to change their roster. I still think they're going to make some more moves. So let's just talk about the Jazz. Let's remove them from the top eight. Let's add the Clippers into the top eight. They were nine last year. You got Kawhi Leonard coming back, so I'm going to put the Cl- I'm going to replace the Jazz with the Clippers. And my eight teams are still the same eight, minus the Jazz and plus the Clippers. I don't see the Kings better than any of those eight teams. I really don't
8: do you think the Kings could be better than the jazz for the top 10?
2: Yes, I think they could be. I think they could be, but I'm going to put the Lakers in there as one of my teams. So then you're, these are, then you're, this is who you're fighting with. You're fighting with the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Blazers, and we'll put the Lakers in there for the final spot in the West. You know, to me, Houston's not going to be there. Oklahoma city, you know, big loss already losing their number one draft pick, Chet Holmgren for the year. So those are two teams that I think you can leave out. But other than the top 10 that I just mentioned, plus the Lakers, the Kings, and the Blazers, 13 teams fighting for 10 spots, and the top eight, in my opinion, barring significant injury, are already wrapped up. I'm taking the Jazz out of the top eight. I'm putting the Clippers in the top eight. And to me, those teams are not going to fall out of the top eight. They're just not. I don't see it happening.
8: Well, Grant, I can tell Grant, I can tell you this now. You know what? With Anthony Davis' uh, uh, track history, you know what? I don't see that man playing not even a full half a season. Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't see... You know, well, he I, might not. He
2: might not. I can't predict I that. See, I, he might I, not.
8: Yeah. You know, I don't see the Lakers making the postseason this year. I really, really, really don't.
2: And, and he may not. But, I mean, I think they're going to finish in the top 10. I think they'll finish either ninth or 10th. Uh, I really do. They might not be top 8, but I do believe that they'll finish ninth or 10th. You know, and again... You know, to show you how awful 10 was last year, the Spurs got in the, the play-in tournament with 34 wins.
8: 34 and 40 That's embarrassing.
2: Yep. So we'll
8: see, Jerry. All right, Grant. Well, thanks for taking my call, sir. Have a great show. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky
0: just about anywhere.
9: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get to uh,
2: some more phone calls right here with uh, Richie. What's up, Richie?
7: Hey, what's up? So that um, just kind of sparked my interest right there about uh, Rich uh, Basaccia. Yeah, you know, I felt like that was a, man, that was a big misstep for us. Um, I thought after Gruden left or whatever, you know, that whole thing, um, man, we had a little pep in our step. We had a, we had a spark. I mean, I even liked, um, you know, Del Rio and I liked how he was from, I think Hayward and, uh, just, you know, a big, a big yep. Homer, you know, and I, I love that about, about him. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I, I think that was a misstep, no doubt. Um, I did.
2: Well, listen, here's the deal. The players played their ass off for Basaccia. They loved playing for him and you could see it. They had emotion. They had energy. They, they, they were, I mean, as close of a thing as a family, as you can have, And you know what? They absolutely love playing for him. Now, Del Rio, you got to go back a couple of years. I mean, he was with, you know, Washington and, you know, he got, you know, his one thing about Jack Del Rio, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind and he got, you know, hot water for it. But, you know, as far as what the Raiders had last year with their head coach, the players like playing for him and you can't discount that.
7: No, absolutely. Yeah. Hey. Um, so one, one final thing, uh, then I'll let you go. Um, do you see something wrong with Darren Waller? I can't put my finger on it, but he just, that game on Sunday, he just looks lazy or something. I don't like just lackadaisical. I have no idea. I agree. Like, what the hell is going I, I on? I thought there? he was,
2: uh, wh- I'm with you. And thanks for the call. I'm going to put you back in the audience. He, to me, I elevated this year to one of the top three tight ends in the NFL. And he's not playing like that. You make a great point. I don't know what the hell is wrong with him, but he has not been uh, the same player. That is for darn sure. All right, again, if you want to get in on the program, you can do so. Tomorrow is our open form Wednesday. We're also going to have our fantasy football roundtable. That is coming up on the show tomorrow. So keep that in mind. We'll be doing that right here on Listen App. If you want to get in and talk about last night's Monday night game, nothing surprised me about the game last night. Nothing. I knew the Giants were not very good. I told you they weren't very good. I told you their offensive line was terrible. There was nothing that happened in the game last night Uh, that surprised me. Nothing. All right, let's move along, and uh, we're going to get north of the border and uh, bring in Bella. Hey, Bella, how are you today?
0: I am good. How are you, Grant? I'm
2: doing well. Thanks for calling.
0: Am I the only Canadian ever on the show?
2: You are the only Canadian (laughs) ever on the show,
0: ever. Ever. I no like the else. north of the border. I have a quick question. The Blue Jays are hosting the Yankees. Do you think Aaron Judge hits number 62 today?
2: No. Uh, he has to hit really? 61. No, he has to hit 61 first. He walked in his first at bat um, following the game.
0: Oh, when did he get 61? I must have been. He, no,
2: no, no, no. No, you said 62 today. He doesn't have 61. I, yeah. yeah. So he's he has 60 oh. home runs. So do I think he's going to hit 61? Uh, or 62 against Toronto. I think he's going to hit a home run against Toronto, but I don't think he's going to hit more than one. So I think when he leaves the series against Toronto, he'll have 61 homers.
0: So my mistake, if you think he's going to hit 61, I was trying to bet on it, but it's already on. It's one, one right now.
2: Yes, it is one, one. And he walked, uh, he just walked. I was just following him. The game is in the third. Yankees have just gone ahead now, uh, two to one. So Uh, And they Uh have runners on uh, first and second uh, as well. They just made it out. So now it's uh, going to the bottom of the second and the Yankees lead two to one.
0: Well, I will turn the volume on. It's nice to hear your voice. Thank
2: you very much. I appreciate you calling and uh, you're getting ready for hockey season pretty damn soon. I've been following the preseason game. So uh, before you know it, we'll be dropping the puck for real.
0: And they play at eight today against the Kraken.
2: There you go. Enjoy it. Enjoy it.
0: And how about those Raiders? 0-3. Gotta
2: love it. (laughs) They're 0-3, and they have Denver at home this week and at Kansas City, and both are absolute must-win games. Both. Not one. Both are completely must-win games for the Raiders. I don't see it happening. I think they'll go one-on-one in their next two.
0: Yeah, I agree. Good. Well, I'll I'll listen to the rest of your show. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you. Okay, take care. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, you're not going to listen to the – Rest of my show, because the rest of my show is over. You were my last call. Well, maybe you weren't my last call, because uh, I'm going to say hello to Brian right here on Listen app. So, Brian, it's good to hear from you. What can I do for you?
10: Hey, Grant. Hey, I'll make it quick here. The uh, uh, comment on the, uh, the basketball, if there was one rule in basketball that I would change more recently, is I just hate the 10 10- playoff team format i wish i just wish it was the eight if you're not good enough to be one of the top eight teams then you know what you're just not deserving to be in the playoffs that's just the one thing that the last few years okay you're going to get in this playing game you, you know now you know you got keen stands talking well we're going to be the top 10 team and as you alluded the whatever their record was uh Spurs 34 wins like who cares if you win 34 if you, have, if you have 34 wins, you're not a playoff team. You know what I mean? You know, you just, you're disguised into the tournament as a 10 seed, but that's just the one who I wish they would not have changed. I don't know what your thoughts are.
2: I'm with you. It's I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to increase revenue that they lost during the pandemic. Uh, but, you know, teams getting into a play-in with 34 wins is embarrassing. It's just a bad look for the league. I I don't think you deserve to have a chance to be in the playoffs if you win you know, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38 wins. I just don't. That's that's a bad, bad year. I don't think you should be rewarded by having a chance to be in the playoffs.
10: Absolutely. If the Kings make the 10th seed, like to me, they're still not a playoff team. Like I look at the eight as a historic number and that's the, the number you got to pass. If you want to get back to the playoffs, you know, if you're a Kings fan, that's, yep. not, that's how I look at it. Uh, and Amen. then I didn't comment yesterday. I wanted to uh, I was remiss in not saying anything. Uh, congratulations on the, the new live show. You're one of the, the guys out there who I really feel des- deserves and, and thrives in a live environment. And I can't wait for your new show.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, we're going to probably take a, a couple of shows to, you know, hone it in and, you know, get everything dialed in with how we want the show to look. But I appreciate that. Thank you very much for your support.
10: Oh, you bet, Grant, as always. Hey, we'll talk to you
2: soon. Bye-bye. Take care. You know and I'm excited to have Jerry on uh, each and every week. And, you know, once we get into the basketball season, which, you know, training camp is going on, and uh, by the time Jerry comes on with me next week, the Kings will already be playing preseason basketball. And Jerry's got an amazing eye for talent. and We can break down, you know, different combinations on the Kings – and the NBA. So I'm really excited to be able to reunite with Jerry and have him on. And by the way, uh, if you own a business or you want to sponsor the show, uh, all you got to do is send me a DM on social media, or you can just tell me right here on listen app. And uh, we will be more than happy to talk to you about uh, sponsoring the show. You can sponsor an individual segment. Like uh, when Ryan and I are on, you can, you know, Uh, sponsor when Jerry and I are on when Sean Salisbury and I are on so there are a lot of different opportunities uh, for you to be able to sponsor the show so looking forward to that it debuts Monday at 3 o'clock Pacific and I'm going to really try for consistency with that show you know there will be times when I won't be able to do the show because of travel. I cannot eliminate that from my life, just the way things are right now. So there will be times when maybe I don't have a show, but for the most part, I am going to really zero in on consistency. I'm, I'm going to really hope for that. So every day, 3 uh, o'clock Pacific, uh, the show will not go more than an hour because I will switch right over to Listen app shortly thereafter at 4 o'clock. I mean, if I have a great show going on YouTube, I might bleed over past four o'clock Pacific, but I'm going to try to make the show basically in an hour. And then as soon as I'm done, boom, I'm on Listen App and we'll be able to have interactive talk that way. You'll be able to hit the chat line on YouTube. So you'll be able to communicate with me. So we've got a lot of things that we're going to be trying to accomplish on YouTube. I'm very excited for it. Very excited. All right. You
3: make it a good rest of the day. Open Forum Wednesday coming up tomorrow. So long, everybody. Step into the world of
9: power, loyalty,